the business world today needs a deeper sense of consciousness. We need a deeper sense of the interconnectedness of each other, us with one another, us with the planet, um, us with our communities that we're based in. I think those, those are pieces that have just long been absent as we've been kind of distracted by profits and short-term gains over long-term thinking and um, more of a focus on extraction instead of investment and regeneration. So that's something we're gunning for at RSF. I think the two issues that we're all going to hear about the rest of our lives, whether we want to or not, it's going to dominate the media is uh, climate change and income inequality. And I think business is the largest cause of those inequities. And I think business is the single biggest vehicle to improve and change positively those two issues as well. And so for me personally, I kind of got into the food industry as a vegetarian and then I kind of fell in love with organic and fair trade. And now with traditional medicinals, I've sort of like, no, we need to take it to a whole nother level. We need to solve the world's problems. You know, income inequality and climate change. Let's go after that. I think the world really needs to reimagine what business is and what business should be. I think for a long time, business has been historically in this country an extractive kind of activity where you have exploited land and labor to create profit. And we've seen that happen on a large scale and we've, hap we've seen it happen to the detriment of our environment and of, um, and of people. And so I think we need to think about business differently um, as a way to uh, restore and enhance those relationships. And so the, the interconnection and the mingling of financial return, human capital, and ecological capital needs to come into better balance. That was Casey Johnson from RSF Social Finance, Blair Kellison of Traditional Medicinals, and Esther Park from Cienaga Capital. They gathered in San Francisco as part of Food Funded, an event presented June 6, 2019, by Slow Money Northern California and Escabona. Their talk about investment wasn't just about entrepreneurial effort, but impact for people and planet. And not just impact, but real improvement for tomorrow, for the future. What the world needs now is love, sweet love. Today on Fodder, we explore what the world needs from business and how business can make it happen. I'm Christine Kapperman. This podcast is powered by Escabona and underwritten by 301 Inc., Gianuzzi Group, Healthy Lifestyle Brands, and Whipstitch Capital. Changing the world requires writing new rules, developing new business structures. Blair Kellison is the CEO of Traditional Medicinals, an herbal tea company that broke the mold from its beginning in 1974. He has said competition today isn't between products, but business models. That goes for businesses in the natural product space and beyond. All business leaders, he says, should be thinking holistically about their operations. From start to finish, business has environmental impact. And all along the supply chain and in the day-to-day, -day, people are at the center. We have what's called a stakeholder business model. So in America, and we're a B corporation, and we're, we're, we're a benefit corporation by law. So what that means is in the United States, if you're, if you're a, a corporation, your shareholders have the legal right to sue you if you don't act in their best interest. As a benefit corporation, a legal structure, you, you, it's just available in about 30 states, you are uh, in business for your stakeholders. 
as you define them. And our stakeholders are our growers, our retailers, our employees, our suppliers, all the people that produce traditional medicinals tea. And a shareholder of traditional medicinals cannot sue us for not acting in their best interest because they are just one of many stakeholders in our business. And so you need to have a stakeholder model. When you're sitting in the conference room, in your fancy conference room making decisions, you need to think about your growers, you need to think about your producers, you need to think about your employees, you need to think about your shareholders, you need to think about everybody. Traditional medicinals is a we. All companies are a we. They're actual people, and you need to make decisions that, that are best for that whole group. On the investment side, the story has been about money and service of getting more money. Now, many are awakening to the social and environmental impacts of not just business, but the investment and consumer purchasing that powers it. Capital, these investors say, can be part of the change to close the growing wealth divides and to change climate for the better. RSF is one investor shifting the model. Casey Johnson explains. As a nonprofit, our innovation is that we can break all of our own rules. So we have an obligation to pay our investors back. We have always returned principal and interest to our investors, but we don't have the same regulatory requirements or the same restrictions and bureaucracy that most banks do hold. Um, so what that means is that we get to break all of our credit policy rules when it's prudent to do so. So RSF is able to think about risk in a different way. Um, I think one really beautiful example is thinking about you know, maybe a community-held organization, one that doesn't have a lot of assets, it might not have a lot of revenue, it might not be attractive to a traditional bank. But RSF is able to perhaps value, you know, the community support that holds that organization up. They might not have the strongest balance sheet, but they have a community that would be there for them in a split second and would never let that business fail. And so that's one of those levers that we can say, this is an incredible strength that we want to underwrite to wouldn't be available to your average bank. It's one thing to look at models and a whole nother thing to do the work. Traditional Medicinals has a long commitment to organic sourcing across 42 countries. It uses the sun to run about 80% of its factory that runs around the clock. The facility is nearly zero waste. The company reviews its carbon footprint on everything, even ingredient by ingredient. Take its ginger from Uzbekistan. Traditional Medicinals looks at it from planting to harvesting to processing, to shipping to its California plant, and from there to making it onto retail shelves. For Blair, it's all about mindset and measurement. By analyzing things, a lot of what you do is you find out you're not as good as you thought you were. So we're always sustainable, we always did all these great things. When we started doing a sustainability report, what we really found out was not that we're better than we thought, but you know, we have a lot of room for improvement. And so I think that if you, um, what you, if you can report on that stuff, then you can start to get better at it. That's the easy stuff any business should be able to do. Traditional Medicinals doesn't stop there in its mission to make real change. And it doesn't focus on donations for doing good. Invest in communities, real infrastructure that requires ongoing investment to keep running. We don't really look at any of the work we do as charity. We really look at it as good business. So we need to be stewards of, our, of, our, uh, of, the, of the land. We need to be stewards of the history of collecting herbal medicine and plants. And we need to be stewards of the communities where these come from. And so. Yes, we do go and build a dental clinic and build schools and do a bunch of neat things in these water, water systems. And these, but really selfishly, it's helping us build sustainable herbal communities, herbal growing communities. So it's good for our business. It's really good for our business. So it's, it's not charity. Yet I want one proud story, one proud human side story. Probably the biggest story that we have by far is 
Um, so our number one product is a laxative tea. And the number one ingredient in that is a, is a plant called senna. It's only grown in the, it's mainly grown in the Thar Desert in, in uh, northwestern India, where they get about 10 inches of rain a year. It's the largest inhabited desert in the world. There's 2 million people that live in the Thar Desert. And so we went into this community oh, 12, 14 years ago and kind of did an assessment of the, of the, of the area and found that um, water was, water, women and children were spending the, most, the majority of their days walking for water. So we started building these wells, these kind of water catchment systems where when the monsoon comes, we would dig a big, we'd dig, dig, dig a big well in front of their house and then during the monsoon season, they can collect enough water to last like nine to 10 months a year. And then we dug these lakes called nadis where we could collect enough water to last like nine or 10 um, months. And then the animals could go there. And anyway, that eliminated the need for people to walk for water. Women were walking like five miles a day. Uh, girls were walking five miles a day. So now with all this extra time, people had the ability to go to school. These communities never had schools. Five different communities never had a school ever. So we built five primary schools. We have a thousand children on a daily basis that are being educated by traditional medicinals in a building that we built, that we pay for the teachers, we pay for a hot lunch, we give them a uniform, we give them a bicycle to get there, and we give them eyeglasses. And, and there's a thousand kids a day being educated through traditional medicinals working in those communities. And if we would have never showed up, that wouldn't have happened. So we're, we're most proud of that project. As business brings purpose forward alongside profits, is it possible on the investment side too? How can institutional investors become a larger part of the business for good movement? Esther Park says, just like businesses, investors need to focus on the right question and measure what matters. And Casey Johnson cautions, like all business today, authenticity is the real capital. I would really encourage investors to think about what is enough and what do they really want? Um, because I think those are the questions that it really boils down to. When investors are seeking out financial return, what does that mean, right? Why do they need that financial return? And really think about that um, relative to what anybody else is getting out there, um, relative to what the workers are getting and the businesses that they're um, investing in. So what is enough and what do they really care about? Right? So do they just care about the financial return, in which case everything else is just sort of minor? Or do they really care about making a difference? The hard thing is that RSF has been doing this work for 35 years now. So we've really been in the industry. We, in some ways, created social finance. And we're so proud to see so much money in the impact investing social finance sphere at this point. And there's very much a risk um, of impact washing and of you know, wanting to both have your investment return and also have your impact, and you can always have that win-win. There are certainly instances where that is true, um, but having a little bit more nuance, and so I think that's the role that RSF can shift to play now. Like, how can we really lead with integrity in a time when there's um, some real risks, I think, to the impact investing world and the authenticity that it brings? Business can build a better world. That message came through loud and clear at Food Funded in San Francisco. All it takes is a seed of commitment, and that starts with caring and curiosity. In 1980, we were probably less than a million dollars in sales. So maybe a lot of your audience is that size today. 
So uh, uh, Drake uh, Sadler and a woman named Rosemary Gladstar started our company, and they were at that time buying herbs in San Francisco at the at the uh, just at the commodity broker, and they were picking up lemongrass one day, and on the back of the bag it said uh, product of Guatemala, and they said where where where's it come from? The guy goes I don't know Guatemala. It says on the package. <laughs> They're like, but do you know where? He's like I could probably find out. So they got the name of the farm that it came from, and Drake and Rosemary in 1980 got on a plane and flew to Guatemala. And the story goes that they drove into the plantation and Rosemary was like, oh my God, look at this lemongrass. It's the most amazing lemongrass I've ever seen in my life. That's why our tea is so fantastic. And Drake said, look at the absolute squalor these people are living in. We cannot buy lemongrass from people who live in a house without running water. And so even in the very beginning there, they started a project there with a bread nut seed and a co-op to be able to put more money back into the growers to be able to improve their lives. So you do not have to be a hundred million to do this work. You, what you need to do more than anything is you need to ask the right questions and you need to show up. You need to see what the heck is really going on. Follow an ingredient right back to the farm. Go ask to have, go, you could be making a product in China. Uh, go, at, go to China, visit the factory and pick out an employee and say, I wanna to go to their house for dinner tonight and sit in their house and see how they live. It's simple and complex all at the same time. The questions are simple, the process is simple, the solutions are complex. Thanks again to our underwriters, Healthy Lifestyle Brands, Whipstitch Capital, Gia Nuzzi Group, and 301 Inc., an energetic and enthusiastic team that collaborates with emerging food brands to make the world a healthier place. The company is passionate about brands that have a positive social impact, whether educating farmers or supporting global regenerative programs. 301 Inc. believes that consumers want brands to tell an inspirational story and have real impact. Thanks for listening. Join Escabona for The Fix, where brands, mentors, and you come together for an afternoon of collaboration. It all happens at Natural Products Expo East this September in Baltimore. <laughs>